0: This morning we're finishing a series on the will of God, we've got the little graphic up there, look at that, the will of God, (laughs) excellent. So this is this three part series that we've been talking about and and the will of God and and what it means, so today we're going to talk about walking, no, walking the will of God, choosing the will of God, walking the will of God as last week, there you go, right done, thank you. So that's what we talked about last week, so the whole thing's been about the will of God and... So we talked first, week, a couple of weeks ago, about knowing the will of God and what that means and the way that we can find the will of God in this you know, in this amazing, amazing book, the Word of God that we're blessed with, that the word of, the will of God is revealed in that. We talked about the prescriptive will of God, in other words, the things the Bible the things that the Bible tells us to do, right? And, then, and we should do those things because the Bible's telling us to do them for good reasons. And we talked about the prohibitive will of God. Just things there's a lot of things in the Bible which it says that we shouldn't do, right. If we're going to be successful Christians, there's lots of things that we shouldn't do. So as obedient Christians and people who want to be uh, you know, strong in our relationship with God, we shouldn't do those things, right? And then last week, we talked about, um, about walking in the will of God, about the permissive and perfect will of God. Not something that gets talked about loads, but I think sometimes it really does need to be talked about, about... Are we walking in the perfect will of God? That God has a perfect will for our lives. And there's some things that God permits, but they still aren't his ideal for us. So let's be people who choose to live in the perfect will of God. And that's, and that's what we're coming on particularly uh, to, finish, to finish this kind of series off. is about making great choices. About choosing to live in God's will. Amen? Amen. Now let's submit to God's good, pleasing and perfect will for our lives. Don't, don't just settle for his his permissive will. Let's, let's go for his perfect perfect will and his perfect plan. No, God God knows best, doesn't he? You know, often if you've got if you've got children, as, as parents, we're always, we often saying so something needs to be said that 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 we know best. Or maybe we don't necessarily verbalise it, but it's just a reality that we feel, right? That that, that we know best because of things we've gone through, and we do know what we're talking about as adults most of the time, <laughs> and et cetera, et cetera. Okay. You know, and that's true on a on a human level. That's so often true, but how much more so with God? He truly does know best. He's a perfect, he's a perfect Father. Now, he, as parents, we we can be imperfect. You're a parent. You know, we've all been kids, so we understand the parent-child relationship. You either, you know, are still young, or you've, you know, still got. You were young. Okay? I'm forty-seven tomorrow. So, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear nearer to 50 than 40. It's not good. It's not good, Ian. You're, not, you're only a couple of months away. And Carl. Where's Carl? Where's Carl? way oh, he's gone. A couple of months, you're both, couple, there you are. both only a couple of months away from it, 47 yourselves. It's strange getting old, isn't it? It's strange, isn't it? But you yeah, have got to laugh and just enjoy And I'm, a great, I'm going off track now. But I'm a, I'm a great believer in just, and I'm dead serious about this, just about enjoying the season you're in. I'm a great believer in that. It's just enjoy the season you're in. If you're in that season, if, you, if, you, if you're single, enjoy, enjoy the season you're in. You may want to be married and find the right person. Nothing wrong with that. Great. Remember I said last last week, don't lower your standards. Aim for, aim for God's best. Yeah. Don't lower your standards. So marry the first person that comes, that comes along and says yes. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't say, I didn't even look at Lisa. I didn't say anything. But I'm just talking about this generally. No, that's, it's a reality, right? Aim for God's perfect will for your, for your life. Amen. You know, it, you know, if if you're married, enjoy that season. If you're married with with if you're married and you don't yet have kids, enjoy enjoy that season. If, if you're married and your kids are getting older, enjoy that season. If you if your kids have if you're kind of an empty nester and your kids are left, and you know, Elisa's, Elisa's you may not know, is moving to Portsmouth in August. So There's only like a couple of months or three months time. Um, she's still, still going to be here on Sundays, but it's moving there during the week for university. Um, I'm not sure I'm ready for that, I'm just being <laughs> really honest, I'm not sure I'm emotionally okay with this, right, but it's, these are realities, aren't they, that you've got to deal with, and Jack's 16 yesterday, and you know, he could be moving out in a couple of years time, and we could be empty, totally empty nesters in two years, this is insane, is that what, this is, not, this is not right, but anyway, but enjoy that season, right, and I, sorry, looking forward to it, <laughs> yes. um, but enjoy, enjoy that season, Suddenly, you've got a whole load of time together. That you didn't used to. You didn't used to have as hello? You didn't used to have uh, as a married couple. Enjoy, enjoy that season. You know, if you, if you're much older, um, enjoy that season you're in. I know things can be difficult and physically. Things you may not be able to do everything physically. Thank you. you may not be able to physically do everything that you're able to do in the past, but still enjoy that season. Enjoy the fact of all the wisdom that God's given you over the years. You're such an asset to it. I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If you're, if you're older in the church, you're such an asset to us as a church because the wisdom, you've, the wisdom you bring, all that you've been through, all that you can talk about from the, the reality of experience, all that God's done, uh, done in your life. Amen? So just enjoy the season you're in. We can't do anything about it. We can't change our age. We know the reality of where we're going when we do leave this earth. We've got a hope, we've got a hope and a future, and we know where we're going. Anyway, just enjoy the season you're in. That doesn't do with the message at all. But God, kind I've of got distracted there. I'm sure we can bring it in to the will of God. Anyway, but let's choose the perfect will of God and just and and just allow God to use you in the season you're in, and don't live with regrets See, I'm a great believer in that. Don't look back and think, "Oh no, I wish I was back in that. Day. I wish it was 20 years ago. I wish I was." It's, it's just, it's just not helpful. It may have been a great season, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with celebrating the seasons we've had in our past. But don't, don't live in your past because it will, it will stop God from doing all that he wants to do in you right now. But celebrate the past, absolutely. But just enjoy the season you're in allow God to use you in the season you're in. Amen? Great. Let's get back on track. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. This has been our key verse. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Uh, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So remember, God wants to to change our thinking and change our thought processes about how we see our life. To discover what his perfect will is. You may not need to know what the next ten years is, but just what is the next step for me, God? What is it you're wanting me to do uh, right now? Amen? And walking in his will is all about choice. Choosing his will over our own, over our own desires and thoughts. That's why our mind needs to be changed, right? Our mind needs to be transformed. Praise God. You know, C.S. Lewis, the the legendary Christian writer, he said this, every prayer in the universe, it falls into two categories. Either your will be done or my will be done. I like that. That's great. C.S. Lewis was straight to the point. Great, great writer. blessed with his writings. And what he said: Every prayer in the universe it falls into two categories: either your will be done, or my will be done. That's that, that kind of that hits me hard. I don't know about anybody else. It's like a cha- cha- in a challenging sense, it challenges me. It's my core. But this is what God wants us to do: is to be people who who live life that say, "Your will be done," on earth, as it is in, as it is in heaven. So, when desiring to walk in God's will, the realities will often be confronted with with two kind of. You know, two contrasting choices. Probably. Do we, do I want to do what I prefer? And maybe it's it still within the permissive will of God, or do I walk in obedience to what He is willing and wanting me to do? What's the choice I'm gonna make? Right? It's reality. You know, the Christian Christian life is all about choices. Yeah. I think I might have mentioned this front before, but I've often talked to my kids about this, we've just been talking about just life generally and, and about how and uh, we, we kind of joke, you know, about something that's something that needs to do around the house and they don't want to do it at all. Who wants to do chores? You know, this is one of those things and they just have to be done. But one of my wife's love languages is, is definitely being served, so i try and try and do that. But, but there we go. Praise God. You go. I encourage you men to do that. Listen to wives. It's very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> happy wife, happy life will always, will always be my motto. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, back on track, back on track, back on track. Anyway, so I'm always saying to my kids about... Because we, kind of, we kind of joke about it, and it's like, well, sometimes you have to do some things in life you don't want to do. And, and that's just reality, isn't it? But, you know, the Christian life, and hopefully this isn't a shock to anyone this morning, but the Christian life will be full, if you want to be a successful Christian and do all that God wants you to do, it will mean not doing a whole load of things that you do want to do. And it will also mean doing a lot of things you don't necessarily want to do, right? That, that is the Christian life summed up. That's the reality, and, and Paul talks about this himself, doesn't he? he? He has this kind of like, I mean, I've got the scripture on the screen, but he, he talks about this in one of his letters, about how he, he struggles with that, how he does things he knows he, he knows he shouldn't do and doesn't really want to do, but he does the wrong stuff, and stuff that he knows he should do, he doesn't do, and he gets he's kind of frustrated with himself. But that's the Christian life, right? So do I do what is in the permissive will of God, or am I walking in obedience to what he's wanting me to do? Or do I do something that's more comfortable and, and easy? Am I willing to do something that's going to cost me? Big, big questions, right? You know, and, and, and living in, in the perfect will of God and choosing the will of God, it can cost all sorts of things. It can cost preferences. It, it, can, cost, it, can, cost, it can cost money. It can, it, it can be incredibly inconvenient. It can be incredibly uncomfortable. But it always have a better reward. And that's the thing with Christianity. It's so amazing how we reap what we sow and, and it you know, runs right throughout Scripture about reaping what you sow and and what costs us will, will lead to a better better reward in God. And, and I don't know about you, but and I'm, I'm sure this is true for you, you know, I, I want God's blessing all over my life. And I don't want to miss out on, on what God's blessing for my life because of my own disobedience that I won't, can't deal with stuff that is uncomfortable. I'm not prepared to be inconvenienced. You know, that, I think it's sad if Christians miss out on stuff. So saying God's will be done rather than ours is, is, is a choice, and it's is a stark choice. You know, and the most powerful image of this, of course, is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, isn't it? When the, the day before the cross on a on, on on Thursday night when they had the, the, the last supper, they you know, had the Passover meal together, and then Jesus says he wants to go, go to pray. And, you know, in his, in his humanity, because, of course, of course, he's fully God and fully human. In his humanity, he's, uh, the reality is, I, I, I think it's fair to say, is that Jesus is struggling here. He's, he's dealing with the reality of, of what's coming before him. You know, it, Jesus is God's, I've heard it described, and I like it, he's God's perfect man and he's man's perfect God. And that, that's, who, that's who Jesus is. And, and, you know, it's kind of almost like a battle battle of the mind going on here about you know what what 's going to happen there does, does it he 's almost asking his father isn't he, does it have to be done this way is is there another way is there another way that salvation can happen that that, that, that mankind can be redeemed is there another way and, and Jesus is struggling with that isn 't he you know it says he, he even sweat drops of blood in luke twenty two verse thirty nine to forty three it says this jesus went out as usual to the Mount of olives this was one of his you know, one of his great habits in his life was to go and pray there. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching this place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation, which is all, gonna, which is all about the temptation to basically to run away when he got arrested, which they all did. But they did fall straight into temptation. But anyway, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. I was looking this, this up. I mean, I'm no doctor, obviously. What else? Okay. But I did look this up during the week. And it is a thing called he- he- hematidrosis. I hope you've said that right. Someone who's in the NHS can tell if it's wrong. Um, hematidrosis, which is the thing of sweating blood, is a genuine, real thing that's been been observed. Where, where people, have, when they're in intense stress an intense anxiety that literally, from their you know armpits and other places, sweat it comes out as blood rather than rather than just normal normal sweat because it's just so intense. I guess the blood pressure rises so high and all that kind of stuff in the mix. And this is, I believe, this is what this is what's happening here with Jesus. It's a genuine thing. Well, obviously it's genuine it's in the Bible, but you know, what I mean? but it's a, it's a genuine medical thing because of the sheer anxiety and, and stress of the of this situation, right? But Jesus said, Jesus made an amazing choice. Amen? His yes to the Father's will was all about the benefit it was going to have for others. Amen? Now, Paul writes about that, doesn't he? About, it's not on screen this one, but about the joy that was set before him. Jesus endured the cross. He knew the reality of what was coming the other side. And that's, that's what got him through. You know, as we talked about earlier about cost, cost and reward. Jesus knew the reward that was coming the other side. And that's, that's why he could endure the cross. That's why I say your will be done. You know, in business, I'm not a businessman, but I know a little bit about business in the sense I've studied it um, at university and stuff. And there's a thing called cost-benefit analysis. And the cost-benefit analysis is all about like when businesses spend costs, is it, is it can it be just, can the cost be justified by the benefit it brings the other side? That's what it's all about, isn't it? There's other businessmen here who don't know more than me about this stuff. But that's what it is, that's the essence of it. And you look at, well, am I spending money in the right places, And it's a cost justifying the benefit. We talked about this a a couple of weeks ago, but advertising is a great example of that, isn't it? They spend lots and lots, uh, hundreds of millions of pounds spent on advertising in this country because they see a clear benefit the other side of it. They wouldn't do it otherwise, right? They're not just doing it for for fun. They're doing it because it it leads to people buying their products. And and so they make more money than they spend on advertising, right? So it's a bit of cost-benefit analysis. And, and, you know, that's the reality in, in a Christian life there's going to be incredible benefit to the cost that we pay for Jesus. Pay, you know, for the sake of Jesus for the sake of his will be done in our life and this is what Jesus was doing here you know, the, the reward that was set up him the benefit it was going to bring what it was going to win for mankind for salvation um, you know, to be won for Jesus to be able to stand uh, you know, sorry not stand but to be on the cross and to declare it is finished it is done it is over redemption has now come so Jesus thought that was a cost worth paying for that benefit and reward that was coming on the other side that makes sense so it's just what was going on, on in Jesus. And, and the thing is, with, 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 with Jesus, obviously he was perfect, but it wasn't just a moment of saying your will be done, although this was a, an extreme moment that was going on here. But that was, it was Jesus' whole lifestyle, wasn't it? His whole lifestyle was about, Lord, let, uh, Father, may your will be done. It's what Jesus, Jesus modeled. It's true for everything he did, and it's how he would lived for, for 33 years. Of Father, your will, your will be done is why Jesus would spend so much time you know, with his father, just away from everyone, to, to get those issues settled in his life, for every day of his life, to live according to the will of the father. John 6, verse 38 to 40, Jesus says this himself, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I'll raise them up at the last day. You know, so that was Jesus. Jesus was very intentional about that. To on a daily basis, maybe an hourly basis, by minute basis, to choose to, to live out God's perfect will, His Father's perfect will for Him, and that's a challenge to us, right? But it should also be an inspiration to us as well. You know, Paul. Paul did that. The Apostle Paul he chose to live the same way. You know, in, in Philippians chapter one, Paul lays out that he'd even rather be in heaven with Jesus. But he chose to stay on the earth because he knew that's what was God's plan for him. Right? Philippians 1, verse 21 to 23, Paul says this, for to, me, for to me, to live is Christ, this is true for all of us believers, and it should give us so much hope. Amen. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what should I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far but it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. So Paul was having a, a, basically a bit of a struggle here as well, wasn't he? Because he was like, basically, I want to be with Jesus. I, I, want, I want to be in heaven. And that's what he's saying, to live is Christ, to die is an even greater gain, but, but I'm, and I'm torn between the two. I, I, want to be, I want to depart and to be with Christ, which is better, but it's necessary that, I, that I'm here. Yeah, and you know, where would we be without the Apostle Paul, you know, half the New Testament, you know, it was written by him and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and we're so blessed, you know, by his letters. Right? But he chose to he chose to put God's will, you know, before what he what he wanted, and that should again should be an inspiration an inspiration to us. Praise God. Uh Terry Virgo, the Christian writer, some of you may have heard of, he he says this. This really challenged me. It says this, delighting in, in the life of a Christian, delighting in God's will is our goal. Genuinely praying your will be done. That, that, that is God's will for us. Genuinely praying that your will be done. But we'll find that really hard to pray if we don't know God or trust God. We'll always be in a different position where we want him to bless our plans and to bless our preferences. So as believers, we should make it our aim to know, trust, and love God then, then doing his will will become our delight. Oh, that blessed me. It's challenging, right? So delighting in God's will should be the goal for our lives, to be able to be in a position where we genuinely pray and mean, your will be done in my life. You know, the reality is we'll find that hard if we haven't got to know God and we don't trust God. We'll always be in a position where we want him to bless, uh, to bless our plans and bless our preferences. So as believers, we should make it our aim to know, trust, and love God. Then, then choosing his will will become our delight. Amen? And I think that's just so true. That's why so many people, they, they struggle with choosing the will of God because they don't really, they don't really know God. And, and when you don't really know God, you can't, you can't really trust God either. Amen? You know, when, you get to, when you get to know God, this is why pursuing God and, and, and seeking after God's heart is so important in our lives. Amen? To, to know who he is and how he works and how his, how his character is. To discover who he is. is why spending time with God is, is so important, isn't it? To get to know who he is. Because you can't trust God unless you know who he is. You know, unless you know who his character is. Unless you know that he's totally faithful. Unless you know that he'll never leave you or forsake you. And you know as a reality. It's not just, it's not just words you read here. As powerful as those words are. But that, those words are a reality in your life. Amen. You know, the Bible has gone from being, this, this would be a whole other message in itself, but the, the Bible has gone from being information to being revelation. There's a huge difference between the two. Too many people, they just see the Bible as in the in life of believers. It's too many people, it's just information. It's just a history of Israel and the history of Jesus and, and the early church. That's what the Bible is to them. Well, that's not, what, that's not the, the intention of the Bible, Is to be living and breathing, amen, but to be a reality in our lives, for us to get to know, to get to know God. Well scriptures, God breathed is used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's what 1 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says. And that's the reality of the Word of God and, and the relationship with the Word of God that, that God desires us to have. Amen. But you can only trust someone that you know. You know, that's true in human races, isn't it? You can't trust someone that you don't don't know. It's very hard to trust someone if you don't really know them. But that's there's so much more so in our relationship with God. Amen. But when when we get to know God. You know, you know, through his word, or through spending time with him, or through, through prayer. And then, and then we, learn, we learn that we can, we can trust God. That we can trust God implicitly in every single area of our lives. That's when we're changed from wanting him just to bless our preferences and changing, changing us into just choosing his will in every situation. That we can get beyond ourselves. Kind of get over ourselves, I can put it in that way. Get over ourselves and like, God, what do you want to do in this situation? What do you want to do in me? Amen? Amen So as Terry Virgo encourages us to do this, make it our aim to know God, to trust God and to love God, then choosing his will will become our delight. Amen. In Mark 3 verse 35 to 33 to 35, Jesus makes this really interesting statement, and basically what's happening here is Jesus uh, Jesus' mother and, and brothers, obviously had mother Mary, and presumably Joseph obviously Joseph wasn't his you know natural dad but presumably joseph had passed away by this point because joseph was never mentioned again you know after the um other than the initial kind of you know initial story of jesus birth and i presume he passed away um but you know and he had some half brothers and half brothers and half sisters as well and they were basically coming to coming to see him and it's like, you know your brothers your mum's here and your and your brothers and sisters are here and jesus makes this really interesting statement of course he loved his family quite rightly but he says this Mark three thirty three. Who are my mother and my brothers? He asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him, as in looking at his disciples. And he said, "Here are my mother, and here are my brothers. Whoever does God's word is my brother and sister, and mother." So, what what Jesus is talking about here is this: you know, we're we're in God's family. And then, when we become a believer, we we're brought out of course the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of kingdom of light. We come into the come into the family of God, and it's it should be one of the family traits. You know, a family characteristic, amen, that we choose to do the will of God. And Jesus is saying, these are my true brothers and sisters and mother, or however you want to describe it. it's what Jesus is saying here. the people who choose to do God's will. These are the people I'm looking for. And like I said, of course he loved his natural family, of course he did, and very honouring of them all. And God used them all in many different ways. But what he's saying about being part of God's family, one of the characteristics of being part of God's family is to choose to do the will of God. That's a characteristic. You know, every family has characteristics, right? Some good, some bad. I'm not going to talk about that. No, Wendy mentioned about the drogues earlier. I talked about the drogues characteristics. Some might be good, some might be bad. But with, when it comes to God's family, all the characteristics are good, right? And this is one of them. We choose to do the will of God. We understand we're in the family of God. And one of the characteristics that should rub off on us, that kind of family culture, kingdom culture, is we're people who do God. Who choose to do God's will, even when it's difficult, even when it's going to be, even when it's going to be a cost, even when it's going to be really, it really uncomfortable, even when we really, really don't want to do it. You know, that's when the that's when you get the greatest rewards. That kind of cost benefit is one of the greatest, greatest benefits in God. You know, this is not a message about about, about tithing, but that would be a great example of that. Is, is, is there a cost to it? Absolutely, of course there's a cost. It's a financial cost. It's going to cost things in your heart. It's going to, it might cost you holidays. It might cost you being able to buy a brand new car. I'm just being real about this stuff, because I think we have to be real. It might cost you some holidays. It might mean you can't, I don't know, get a new kitchen. Because you think, well, I, if, I, if I give to God that every month, then I'm not going to be able to afford that, and I can't afford that payment. Or we're not going to be able to do that that I want to do. But this is, this is the reality. This is the reality of the Christian life. I'm not being harsh in any way this well, This challenges me to my core. This, this is the reality. that There is a cost. So in that sense, there is a financial cost. But the benefit it brings, you know, we, and we talk about that in Malachi 3, and that God promises to pour out the windows of heaven, right? And protect the devourer and to protect the other 90% of our finances. But this is, this is the reality. So the, is the benefit worth the cost? Absolutely. Yeah. But is there a cost? Absolutely as well. Does that make sense, right? So the benefit so is absolutely worth it. But, and that's us choosing to do the will of God, choosing to be obedient. Amen. You know, and ultimately, our, our, our aim, you know, for when we get to heaven, will be for God to say, or well, this should be our aim, for God to say about us, well done, good, and faithful servant. Now, Jesus tells that great parable of the talents and about God giving people a different amount of talents, which is, which is a measurement of money at the time, and about how they used it, how they used it for God. In Matthew twenty-five twenty-one, in this story, Jesus says, his master replied, well done, good, and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. What a great day that's gonna be. Amen. When we're in the present, when we leave this earth and we're in the presence presence of God. And he says, Well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's happiness. I look forward to that to that day. Amen. And that's when you'll you'll know maybe if you, even if you didn't get a full revelation up until that point, it's when you'll truly have a revelation that the, the cost was absolutely worth the benefit. Is there a cost to being a Christian? Absolutely. And I'm sorry if, that, if, that, if that's harsh in any sense, but it's not meant to be. Now, the legendary Christian singer, Keith Green, he said about, he said about Christianity, he said, he said God, God doesn't want much from you, just everything. I thought, what, what a great statement. He doesn't want much from you, just, just everything. That's all he wants. Because he, he bought you, and he's not being unreasonable when he asked for it. He bought you at a price, that's what scripture says. You're, you're his. Right? He's brought, you, he's brought you into his kingdom. Amen? So there always be a cost when we choose to live the will of God, but it, but it's an absolutely a cost worth paying. The benefit, the benefit the other side of that is huge. Amen. Praise God. You know, and, and certainly in my, in my own life, I, I've had I've had to learn that how how important it is to choose the will of God. You know, I, I'm just just going to be real about stuff for this morning, just lay this stuff out. You know, when, my, when myself and Wendy we were first. You know, asked to be, asked to be pastors and be had to go through some interesting stuff, church-wise, leading up to that point. Um, we had a choice to make. Did we, did we have to say yes? Well, so of, course, of course we didn't have to say yes. Was going to make us, no one was going to make us say, make us say yes. You know, to, when we were asked to, to pastor this church, we didn't have to say yes. But we can't, we, did we know there'd be a cost? Absolutely. Has there, has there been a cost? Yes. I said in, in time, for example, there's been a huge cost. Financially, there's been a cost. And when Wendy's worked uh, pretty much full time for 26 years, you know, to enable me to be to be a pastor, yeah, you know, there's there's been a cost. It's been real this morning about this stuff. Has there been a cost? But is it absolutely worth it? Absolutely, for 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 the benefit of what it's done in our lives, and we believe what God's done in the church here, and, and all sorts of different ways. I'm not bigging myself up this morning. I'm just talking about just reality. I'm not bigging myself up. <laughs> oh, okay. anyway. I'm genuinely not, obviously. Um, but I'm just saying that to say you know, the Christian life does have a cost. Amen. Protect, protecting protecting your marriage will have a cost. You now, myself and Wendy, we we we. Some people might think we're a bit extreme, but we're very very protective of our marriage. There's a cost to that. Some people think it's unreasonable. you, you mean? You don't give lifts? You don't give lifts to women? No, no, I don't do that. So if that offends anyone. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Is, is that a cost? Obviously, I would have other people there. Okay. It's not because I don't trust myself. I think it's, it's, just, it's just, okay. just, just to clear it up. But it's just not appropriate, right? Because we're very protective. We're very protective of our marriage. We're very protective of our time together. We're very protective of our date nights. We're very protective of the family, about Saturdays in, in particular. So there's a kind of a, a cost to that, but the benefit is, benefit is well worth it. Right? We've always, always uh, intended to put God, God first in our finances, and they've done that right since we were engaged when we first got a joint account. And all our money's been joint ever since. There's a whole other message in that. But our, all our money's been joint ever since, since we got engaged. So has, has it been a cost in some ways? Yes. But the, but the benefit's absolutely worth for a, whole, for a strong and healthy healthy marriage, as God's blessed, and two wonderful kids who love, who love God. Amen. So has there been a cost? Yes. As a parent, there will be a cost in investing in your children. There'll be a financial cost. There'll be a, there'll, there'll be a huge time cost. If you invest in them with, with the Word of God and in praying for them, there, there will be a cost. Will it be inconvenient? Yes, absolutely. But I mean, doing some things you don't want to do, the amount of conversations that myself and Elisa have sometimes or late in the night to kind of lay out things and talk about God and, and the things of God and, and choices that have to be made and all that kind of stuff. Is there a cost? Yes. But is the benefit worth it? Absolutely. Yeah, but sometimes, so often, it's, it's the way our society is. It's, our society is so kind of short, uh, short-termism, isn't it? Everything's is just in the moment, and now people don't look for, people don't look for the long-term. This is why half of, you know, half of marriages end in divorce, don't they, in society? Because people don't look, build long-term. It's all about short-term decisions, about short-term wants or short-term needs. When you kind of build for long-term, you're prepared to, to pay the cost for God. The benefit, the other side of that, is huge. Amen. So, like I said, I'm not, we're not bigging ourselves up. I'm saying all this just to encourage you, right? Just, to, just to encourage you, encourage you in that That a cost is always worth paying. But there is a cost to being a Christian, and, and choosing the will of God is a cost. Amen. Living for God's perfect will won't just affect this life, but also the one to come. Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. You know, we sang a couple of songs earlier about about the fire of God and about. About you know, God, uh, God burning some things up and 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 fire falling. You know, God wants that to start with us. Amen. And as I was, um, I don't know, so just to make sure I got this right. But they, as, as as we were singing those songs, God was speaking to me about the three three elements of fire. Okay, it's not a science lesson this morning. Okay, it's all relevant to the message. As well. Okay, it's not a science lesson. But if you know anything about fire. To make fire work, there's three things you need. Do know what the three things are? What are they in? Yeah, fuel, oxygen, heat. Very good. You need fuel, and you need oxygen, and, and you need heat. And without one of those three, then, then you can't have a fire in, in any context. It's just not going to work. And then Obviously, a, a fire extinguisher, that's the main purpose of fire extinguisher, isn't It's is to remove the oxygen. Those, you know, whether it's water, spray, or foam, or whatever, it's to remove the oxygen, because then the fire goes out. Obviously, water cools it down as well, which also helps reduces the heat as well as the oxygen. But anyway, but you need all those three elements, right? And what God was speaking to me, and this is all relevant to this message, is about like us being the fuel. In our lives are the fuel. The God maybe wants to burn up some stuff. Enough, God wants us to burn bright for Him, and He also maybe wants to burn up some stuff that's not from Him, and maybe is not His will in our lives. You know, and he'll use oxygen and heat to do that. And what God was speaking to me was about the oxygen kind of being like the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit blowing blowing upon us. You know, like when you if you have a natural fire, when you blow upon the fire, it has an effect, doesn't it? That's because you're adding to the oxygen, isn't it? Well, I know we breathe out carbon dioxide, but you know what I mean. You're kind of blowing air you're blowing air around. It's, it's not the air that's coming through us, but you're blowing air around, which makes the oxygen spread. Okay. So the fire gets bigger, doesn't it? That's what a bellow, bellows on a fire. In the olden days, they used to use big bellies. That's what it would do, wouldn't it? It's to pour in more oxygen. All right? So the oxygen being like the, uh, 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 you know, the oxygen being what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. And, and heat, what God was speaking to me about is the heat as heat is being like the Word of God. And this is where the Word of God, the Word and the Spirit, and we talk a lot about this as a church, but I think particularly for this where we're, we're talking about choosing the will of God, where His Word and His Spirit, they work together so strongly. because God wants you to burn bright for Him. Maybe God wants to burn up some stuff in you that's not of him and it's not his will for your life. And the way he will do that is by using his word and, and the truth of his word and the, you know, the heat from his word. The heat from his word, the challenge from his word. And then the oxygen of the Holy Spirit that he blows upon it to bring it to life. And that can cause fire within you. Amen. But the cost to us is allowing the Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do. Allowing the word of God to get deep down into our hearts and not be information, to be revelation and then to burn up, burn, for us to burn bright for him, to be, to be a willing sacrifice, as, as the Apostle Paul talks about. Amen? On the altar. For him to burn up what he needs to burn up. For us to burn bright for him. Amen? Because that's when God can do his will. A life that burns bright for him. The heat of the word of God is effective in our lives. The, the power of the Holy Spirit, the oxygen, is, is powerful in our lives. And challenges us and we're obedient to that. And we're people that choose to do the will of God. To lay our lives down as living sacrifice, To lay down that cost. But the reward is, is incredible. And the things that God will do with your life are incredible. Amen? So that's people who choose the will of God. Amen? And understand the will of God. As we've laid down over these three, uh, three weeks to know the will of God. understand what it is. To walk in it. To choose it. Amen? Great scripture, great scripture to end on is, is, you know, from what we call the Lord's Prayer, Matthew six verse nine and ten. This needs to be a reality in our lives. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, on earth, as it is in heaven. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I think we could just say, all, all say that together. So if you just say this is a, is a declaration of, the, of reality this morning, a declaration that we're, we're, we're choosing to, to be people who want to live in the will of God, to know the will of God, to walk into that, and to choose on a daily basis. You know, Jeremiah said about himself, here I am, use me. To be people that can say that about ourselves. God, use me. I'm prepared to pay the cost. I'm prepared to pay the price. I'm prepared for you to do whatever you want to do in my life. Whatever stuff of myself, I, I want to give it up. I want to lay down on, the, on that the, the altar. I want to be a living sacrifice before you, Lord. I want to be the fuel that you use to burn bright for you and to, re- to reach others. Pour your Holy Spirit upon me with the oxygen of the Holy Spirit, for the heat of your word. Lord, may it produce an incredible fire in my life. Let's just just declare this. So, If you say this after me, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, may that be a reality, Lord, in every single one of our lives. Lord, that your will, Lord, not just even your permissive will, Lord, your perfect will, Lord, for every single one of us, Lord, will be accomplished in our lives, Lord God. As we lay ourselves down. Lord, may we be people, Lord, that who make great choices in life, who choose to live your will. Lord, Lord, we're prepared to 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 count the cost. Whatever whatever it may cost us, however may uncomfortable it may make us feel, however much it can inconvenience us. Lord, we say, Lord, you have you have our children, you have our marriages, Lord, you have our finances. Lord, you have, you have our sexuality. You have every part, Lord, of, of who we are, our personalities. Lord, you have every part of who we are that makes us who we are. Lord, we say it is yours. Let your will be done in every single area. We don't hold anything back. And, oh God, we want you to say about us, the well done, good and faithful servant. Come now and share your master's happiness, Lord. We want that to be our end goal in life. Help us to make incredible choices. Lord, if, we, if there are people here this morning that need to, need to choose to do some things differently, I pray you, Lord, that we don't want Lord, them to go away feeling condemned in any way, but Lord, just be encouraged this morning. I pray, Lord, right now that I make great choices. Lord, will choose to do things differently. Lord, will choose to do things your way for your glory, Lord. And the cost is always worth the reward, the benefit, the other side. Thank you for that reality. Lord, you're an amazing, amazing God. We want to do your will. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.